So I have a question for you tonight, and it's this. Do you know what day it is? Do you know what day it is? Now, if you're a parent of young children, you might find yourself trying to answer that question oftentimes. Sleep-deprived, frustrated, I don't even know what day it is. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're not talking about is it Saturday. We know it's Saturday. We're not talking about is it January 8th. Those are demarcations of time. That's not what we're talking about. When I'm asking this question, do you know what day it is, I'm talking about a responsibility that you and I, as followers of Christ, are called to embrace. The text that we're going to be working out over the next couple of weeks is Acts 27. Acts 27. I'm going to start reading in verse 1, and I'm going to go to the first part of 4 of what we would call in Bible reading language 4a. Acts 27, 1 to 4a. When the time came, we set sail for Italy. Paul had several other prisoners were placed in custody. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain in the Imperial Regiment. Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adramidium on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province. Now let me just pause here. Paul is under arrest. He is in the custody of this Roman soldier. He's been accused of sedition. He's a Roman citizen, so he has the right to appeal to Caesar. He has done so, and now he's on his way to Rome for his trial. They are leaving Caesarea, which is on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and they're working their way up the coast. They're going to end up at this port called Sidon, which was, is in modern-day Lebanon, and then they're going to board a different ship because the ship that they're on is not really designed for open-sea travel. This is a coastal ship. So they're going to get to Sidon, and eventually they're going to get on a ship and try to make the run to Rome. This is Paul's last missionary journey before he's ultimately executed in Rome for preaching the gospel gospel. Here it comes, verse 3. The next day, the next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could provide for his needs, putting out to sea from there. You see, today, is the next day. Tomorrow is the next day. The day after tomorrow is the next day. And my hope is that you're going to come to the same conclusion that I am over these next couple of weeks as I've been studying this. As devoted followers of Christ, every day for the rest of our lives is supposed to be the next day. Next day living is a responsibility to embrace a way of life that says, I am willing to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough. Next day living is a mindset and an attitude that says, I am willing to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough. I love this picture here that's on the screen. This is called the Crusader's Castle. This is a natural harbor that's right off the coast of modern-day Lebanon. That is 
modern-day Lebanon there. It would not have looked like this, obviously, when Paul was there. This castle was not there, but this natural harbor was there. And it is highly likely that it was a port just like this one where Paul's ship would have docked and his friends, hearing that he was coming, would have come to a setting just like this, excited to see their friend, willing to provide for his needs at their own expense. Let me talk to you a little bit about next day living. Maybe when you hear me use this phrase, I'm willing to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough, it makes you nervous because you think that maybe I'm coming at you sideways talking about Marxism, but we're not talking about economic systems tonight. See, economic systems that are governmental or secular, oftentimes they're, they're mandated. I'm not talking about mandates. You with me? What I'm talking about is volunteerism. I'm talking about this idea, this attitude as a devoted follower of Christ of being willing to have a little bit less so someone can have just enough that I'm choosing to step into that moment. It's a Christian ethic. You can't, you can't read in the book of Acts the birth of the early church, and not see that this was the heart of who they were. It was the DNA of the early church. Many of us, we get into the beginning of sermons like this if you're listening, and it makes you nervous because you, 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 you have this fear of the story of the rich young ruler. It's interesting that the story of the rich young ruler is the popular story, but Acts 27, most people don't even know about it. The, the, the story of the rich young ruler is an, is an amazing story, but it is exceptional. It's exceptional in the sense that Jesus doesn't ask that of everyone. We're, we come into Christianity, we're afraid that he's going to ask that of us. Right? Because what did he ask the rich young ruler? He asked the rich young ruler to, if you want to come and be a part of what I'm doing, you've got to be willing to sell everything that you have and then give the money to the poor. Right? We read that in our Bible reading plan and we're like, God, I pray that you would help me to have that kind of heart. But deep down inside, we're also praying, even though we don't verbalize it, God, please never ask me to do that. Right? It's an exceptional moment. There aren't too many people in the world who are going to say, Jesus asked that of them. Acts 27, this is the normative experience for Christianity. That we have a heart, that we have a desire, that there's a willingness, that our approach to our own personal finances is that we are willing to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough. Having margins in our finances. When we talk about stewardship and we teach about financial planning here at least once a year, it's one of the reasons why we talk about this idea of having margins. You need to have margins in your finances so when a next day moment comes ashore to your life, like in the text, that we're prepared and ready. You all were prepared and ready this past fall. Been negligent to give you an update. We raised some money for the new water line that the building needed, for the new HVAC unit that's back behind the cafe. Both of those projects are done. Praise the Lord. You guys gave, I know you can clap for that. The church gave over $11,500 to that initiative. And, and, which is even more miraculous, when they came to do the water line, they had, they had done, they had missed 
designed, if that's the right word for it, and it cost half as much as it was supposed to. When does that ever happen? Right? If you've ever done any type of project with your home, we say it's going to cost twice as much and take three times the amount of time. Right? They did it in a third of the time and half the money. Right? Come on. Praise the Lord. What I'm hoping to do today is add to the vocabulary of this church. What I'm hoping to do today is add to our, our spiritual vernacular. We, we are a next day kind of people here at City Life Church. Part of the heart of this church, part of the DNA of this church is that we are next day kind of people. That when God brings a need ashore to our lives, like the people of Sidon, we willingly go out to meet it with generosity because we are willing to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough. We have some next day moments that have come ashore to us. I want to talk to you about the next day for, for Marcellin. You don't know who Marcellin is, but you're going to know in just a minute. I want to read Acts 27.3 one more time. The next day, when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they could pr provide for his needs. What I'm asking you to do is, will you come with me to meet Marcellin on the shore of this church? When I read this story, I, I, I have this idea that somebody got word that Paul was coming. So, somebody was in Caesarea and knew that Paul had left and sent a messenger on ahead. They knew that they were going to stop at the port of Sidon. And, 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 they, and, and whoever they went to, they said, hey, spread the word and let people know that Paul's coming. And, and, and there's an opportunity to provide for his needs as he goes on to Rome. I have this picture of somebody going around and knocking on people's doors and saying, Paul's coming. Would you, we're, we're, we're gathering up an offering. W would you come with us? And even if you can't come, would you give? I have this picture of somebody moving all throughout that city and people who were devoted followers of Christ, maybe people that weren't even devoted followers of Christ, come on, that were neighbors with people who were friends with Paul. And you get this idea that there was a crowd that gathered, even though it was a sorrowful moment because I think they had a sense of what was waiting for Paul, there was still expectation and enthusiasm because they knew that he was operating under a divine mandate. And they were next day kind of people. They were willing to have a little bit less so Paul could have just enough. This is a picture of my friend Marcellin. Marcelin Bonhomme, that is the best last name in the history of the world. It's French for good man. Marcelin Bonhomme, talk about an identity and a name. This is Marcelin. I met Marcelin in 2014 when I was in Haiti as part of a missions team that was building a bridge there in the mountains of Haiti. We built these bridges there in Haiti because during the rainy season, this is the actual bridge we built. During the rainy season, let's stop here for a minute, this gorge would almost fill with water. 
So they build a bridge just above the flood line because in the rainy season, the village is trapped. They cannot get past this river. Because it's in the mountains and it's steep, the current is too fast for them to cross. And then because of the gorges so wide. Let's go to the next one. This gives you even a better perspective of the bridge there. Marcellin was on our job site every day working. He was part of the team that was helping us to build this bridge. And I've stayed in touch with Marcellin all of these years through Facebook Messenger. Gotta love technology. Come on. And then in August of 2021, if you're tracking with what's going on in the events of the world, you might recall that there was a 7.2 magnitude earthquake. That's a big earthquake, 7.2, 7.2. It brought incredible destruction, brought incredible destruction. And one of the places that suffered that destruction was Marcellin's home. This is the home of his family down in Camp Perrin, uh, which was one of the towns that we stopped in on our way to the job site. And, and, and so when I heard that there was an earthquake there, I began to message him back in August right away, did not hear from him for a little while, obviously because of infrastructure being down, there was no internet connection. So I was concerned for my friend. And so I was excited to hear from him that he was okay, that his family survived. And, uh, but then he began to send me some of these pictures. And he said, my, our, our, we've lost our home. And so that began a, a long journey construction, building remotely, right? It's not that we could send a construction team because of COVID and what's going on with international travel. And so we've been in touch with the engineer that was living in country when we built that bridge, a young man who was an engineer, graduated from Virginia Tech. Now he lives in Colorado. He began to put us in touch with people that could run a construction project, people that are there on site there, people we could trust. We've already wired the first uh, uh, um, deposit to them so that they could uh, begin. And this is, the project's already begun. You could say they've cleared the house where it was ruined and they've already begun to dug the footings. Come on, how good is that? Yeah. City Life Church is going to build his family a new home and you're going to help me do it. Because this need has come ashore to us. We can't change every family's situation in Haiti, but we can change his. We can change his. It's within our reach. Our, our church through our, and our missions budget and our missions fund, the, we, we're setting aside $10,000 and we're asking you to help us raise another five this month. We're asking, that's, with, that's within our grasp. It might cost a little bit more than that, but not, we'll find out as we get into it. But 15 is going to get us awfully close. So we're committing 10, we're asking this month, we're calling this our legacy offering. We're doing an offering every January, we're calling it our legacy offering, we're going to pick a missions project to do, because we want one of the legacies of City Life Church in the 757 and in the world to be that we are next day kind of people. That when God brings a a need to our shore, to the port of our Sidon, that we're going to go and we're going to stand in front of that need with the offering that we bring. And we're going to be willing to have a little bit less so somebody else can have just enough. It doesn't tell us that the people of Sidon sold everything that they had and gave everything to Paul. It doesn't say that they gave up all things so he could have everything. The language is is important. It said just to meet his needs. Paul wasn't looking for an extravagant life. 
God's not asking us to, to, to give everything up so someone else can have extravagance. That's not what next day living is. Next day living says, I'm willing to have just a little bit less so somebody else can have just enough. Just enough. Are you willing to have a little less so Marcellin's family can have just enough? This month, you're going to have an opportunity to give to meet that need. 100%, 100% of everything you give to the legacy offering is going right back out. None of it's going to stay here at the church. 100%. Online, if you give online, there's a, a new category called legacy offering. If you're writing a check, uh, you can put legacy offering in the memo. If, you, if you're doing cash if you're here tonight, you can put it in one of the envelopes. Write legacy offering on there. We're going to be collecting that. We'll give you an update of where that is at the first weekend in February. Come on, let's have more than enough. You with me? Let's have more than enough. Let's talk about the next day for missionaries. The next day for missionaries. We talked about the next day for Marcellin. I want to talk to you about the next day for missionaries. Do you know what day it is? Acts 19.21 said, after Paul felt compelled by the Spirit, we're moving back in time now. After Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Acacia before going to Jerusalem, and after that he said, I must go on to Rome. I must go on to Rome. Acts 23.11, that night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, be encouraged, Paul, just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. That slide that was up there at the beginning, I put that up there because it has all the lines of Paul's missionary journeys. All the places that Paul went throughout his life and all the places that Paul went were because of moments just like this where the Lord spoke to him, where the Lord directed him, where the Holy Spirit was guiding him throughout his life of what cities to go to and where to plant churches and how long he was supposed to stay there. Sometimes they were just there for a little while. Sometimes he would stay there for a couple of years. Raising up elders, teaching leaders, raising up the next generation like Silas and Timothy and Titus, young protégés. And this moment is no different. Paul has years of experience of discerning the direction and the voice of the Lord. Acts 19 and then Acts 23, we're told in the text that Paul has a mandate that he's been given by God to go to Rome. There's a list that's going to pop up onto the screen. These are all the organization and missionaries that we support around the world. Undisclosed is up there because we support a missionary in a country where it's illegal to proselytize and to teach and proclaim Christianity, and they're part of the underground church there. All of these people are reliant on churches just like ours to make it possible for them to be where they are. And can I just tell you, every one of these organizations Every one of these individuals, they all had a moment just like Paul had, where God called them to leave where they were and to go to another place. 
All of them are operating under this sense of God asking them to lay down a familiar life and to go out onto the field somewhere out into the world. For some people, these organizations are here and they work in those organizations and they left lucrative secular jobs because God called them to give of their life to the work of the ministry. And you know how they have just enough? It's because you and I are willing to have a little bit less. They have just enough because you and I are willing to have a little bit less. See, when we read this story in the text, something inside of us should ask the question, would I have been one of the people that would have gone out to the port of Sidon to meet Paul? Interruptions to people's days were just as disruptive 2,000 years ago as they are today. Don't think people in ancient times were just sitting around, lollygagging, don't have anything else to do. They had jobs and schedules and responsibilities and children to raise. But at some point, they had to make a decision. Am I willing to be inconvenienced in this moment to go out and meet Paul? And am I willing to have a little bit less so he can have just enough? You have an opportunity in this month. We're going to be talking about these cards that you got in the mail. We do this every single year at the beginning of the year. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But this is part of you being willing to have a little bit less so that they can have just enough. And for some of you, for some of you, there's an opportunity for you to go see what some of these groups are doing. We'll talk more about that next week. See, the reason why the people at the port of Sidon were willing to give to Paul one, they loved him, sure. But, but I think there was something else driving that moment. Is that Paul had a message they believed and that he was going to a place that they would probably never go. These two points are important. He had a message they believed. It's called the gospel. It's a message that had made them whole and they wanted it to see make other people whole. And he was going to places that they would probably never go. That's one of the reasons why we do mission support here is because we find missionaries and missions organizations that have a message that we believe in, that are proclaiming the gospel of Christ here in the 757 and around the world. And they're taking the gospel to people that we would otherwise not reach. And sometimes in places that in our lifetime we might not ever get there. You see, going to Rome for the Sidonians, it wasn't a trip for them to make but it was a ministry that they were supposed to make possible. It wasn't a trip that they were supposed to make, but it was a ministry that they were supposed to make possible. Every year our hope is that that list is just gonna grow and grow and grow and grow. There are missionaries all around the world doing incredible work, waiting for people like you and me to be willing to have a little bit less so that they can have just enough next day living. Are you willing to have a little less so the missionaries that we can support can have just enough? Are you willing to have a little bit less so the missionaries that we can support, that we support can have just enough? 
See, when you step into a next day moment, when you make a next day sacrifice, you gain the opportunity to have a next day legacy. You gain the opportunity to have a next day legacy. Acts 27, 4a, putting out to sea from there. Come on. Putting out to sea from there. This is the moment that Paul got back on that ship and set sail. If you've never read this portion of Scripture, you should read it in Acts 27 and 28 and then just keep on going throughout the rest of Acts. Incredible story of this adventure that Paul went on. The people that he reached, the miracles that were performed, the gospel that was shared. Do you know that when you step into a next day moment, you actually become part of that story and you become part of that ministry? You become part of that story and you become part of that ministry. Think of all the people that Paul talked to about Jesus on that ship. Think of all the conversations that he had with the crew when, when they went to other ports. You, you think Paul used that as an opportunity to draw back? No. Paul used that as an opportunity to press in. And every time he shared the gospel, you know who that was credited to? In part, the Sidonians. They weren't on the trip, but they were a part of the story and were a part of that ministry. Why? Because they were willing to have a little bit less so Paul could have just enough. Because they were next day kind of people. All the miracles that Paul performed when he's, they were shipwrecked on the island of Malta. I'm telling you, these are incredible. Two chapters in the Bible and he's gathering firewood and a viper bit him on the hand. And everybody's just waiting for him to die. And he just shook the viper off into the fire. And then all of the people that were indigenous to that island assumed that he was a god because no one survived that kind of bite. And then he's able to say, no, 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 I'm not a god, but let me tell you about the god that I serve. And then he began to minister on this little island. He began to minister healing through prayer. People that are on the verge of death themselves. You know who were a part of that? The Sidonians. They weren't there. They weren't shipwrecked with him. But they made that ministry possible. It's part of their legacy. Paul gets to Rome. Come on. He's there for about two years. You know what Paul started to do? He started to write some letters, people. Oh, many of you have read, that, read them yourself. Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon. They're called the prison epistles, not because he wrote them to people who were in prison. He wrote them while he was imprisoned himself. You, you know who gets some credit for these books that were written? The Sidonians do. Why? Because they were next day kind of people. Why? Because they were willing to have a little bit less so he could have just enough. These sacred books, Paul didn't know that, that the Bible was going to grow. He just thought he was writing some letters inspired by the Holy Spirit. Little did he know the New Testament was being formed. Little did they know. This is what's so great about legacy. When you step into a next day moment, it's always an Ephesians 3.20 moment, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or imagine. They, they didn't know that they were going to be investing into. 
They were investing into some of the most supernatural accounts in all of Scripture and for the writing of four of the 27 books that would create the New Testament. Come on, that's a legacy. That's a legacy. Paul was in Rome because a group of people in a faraway place were willing to have a little bit less so that he could have just enough. A little bit less so he could have just enough. Put up that slide for me again, May, of all the, oh, there it is right there. This is my question to you. Do you want this to be part of your legacy? I know that I do. How about that picture of Marcellin? Do, do you want his home? Do you want his home to be part of your legacy? I don't know about you, but I do. I do. Probably all of you will never meet him until we all meet in heaven one day. You know what I want you to hear from him when he finds you in heaven? Thank you for helping to build my home. Come on. Come on. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. These cards are important to us. And we're intentional on how we make them. If you look on here, you'll see that there is no place for a name because we do not want your name to be on here. If you call City Life Church your home, you should have gotten one of these in the mail. If you don't have one of these and you're here in person, you can get it at either of the Welcome Center stations, either here in the foyer of the sanctuary or out by the cafe. If you're watching from online and you want us to send one of these, you can send an email to info at citylifeva.com and we'll send you this. And then we'll also send you one of these brochures that, that lists all the different groups that we're in and the parts of the world that we're active through missions. 100% of the money that's given to missions, it's earmarked for missions, 100% of that goes right back out. None of it ever stays here at the church. All goes back out, either in, the, in our own backyard here in the 757 or somewhere around the world. Now, I'm going to talk about, on this card, the monthly commitment. I'm going to talk about annual faith promise. I'm going to talk about that next week. But right here under monthly commitment, this is you planning to have a little bit less so someone else can have just enough. This is you looking into the margins of your budget, because I'm trusting that you're operating under a principle of stewardship where you build margins into your budget that are made for generosity, that you're going to say, this is how much me as an individual or us as a family, we're going to commit to give this amount every single month for the rest of 2022. It's a monthly commitment that you're going to make. These cards are important to us because this gauges for us how much we can expect to come in. In some years, the monthly commitments are so good that we're able to go to our waiting list and to make that list that you saw on your screen all the bigger. I hope that after the first quarter of this year, you're going to hear me stand in front of this church and you're going to see a list that's longer because you chose to be a next day kind of person. Because you were willing to have a little bit less so someone else could have just enough. Wherever you're watching from around the world, if you're connecting in through this church, then I hope you connect in through this next day opportunity. You can be a part of what we're doing here. Stand with me. Father, I pray that for all of us right now, 
we would have this feeling like the Sidonians. Standing on some rocky seaside port, feeling the salt spray of the Mediterranean on our face and the heat from the sun shining down on us. Gathered together as a community of people under the banner of Christ to build his church and to proclaim the gospel around the world. And that for those of us who have been next day kind of people for a long time and maybe we just didn't have the name to call it, I pray, God, that that would never change in us. That for the rest of our days and for the rest of our lives, we would see every day as the next day and we'd be, have, we'd be willing to have a little bit less so somebody else can have just enough. But for people that have never stepped into that kind of generosity, I pray that this message this week and next week and, and, and the week after when Pastor Matt Hool from Mechanicsville comes and shares with us about missions giving, that the number of people that are gathering at the port of Sidon, so to speak, that it's just going to get that much bigger. Gather a crowd here at City Life who have a next day kind of heart. To build a home in Haiti, to claim the gospel in Turkey, to combat sex trafficking right here in the 757. And that list goes on and on and on and on. That their work would become a part of our legacy for your namesake. In Jesus' name, let's worship together.